Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you, Thomas, and good to see you guys. Happy Church Day. All right, all right, all right. Hey, while you're giving, I want you to go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is in the Old Testament, uh, about two-thirds of the way through, Uh, like three, uh, yeah, two-thirds-ish, about Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. I'm going to leave that up there for a second so that you can find that because I'm going to show you this scripture a couple times today. We're going to talk through this. Hey, while you're turning there, while you're giving, while you're multitasking, I just uh, I want to share with you a, a couple things. First of all, it said see Rebecca Woody on the uh, on the lady on the women's night, and you can't do that today because she's not here. She actually has a stomach bug, and so uh, eh, you know that that's not good. But but you can. But her number is there on the app, and you can go ahead and contact her if you need to contact her on that. And I also just want to mention that today is Jordan. Many, many of you guys know this. Today is Jordan's final Sunday. Wave at us, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's sitting next to his awesome mother and his wonderful wife, the two most wonderful ladies in his life, and his mother-in-law. You look at you. You're set. You're set. Uh, but Jordan, is, today is his final day on our, on our church staff, or actually his final Sunday on our church staff. So right after the service, uh, I would love it if you would just hang out with us for an additional 15 minutes or so. We want to honor Jordan and Jana, and if you would, would like to give them a, a card with a gift or something like that, you can do that. Walgreens is next door. Walgreens is next door. Easy. Uh, but also, if you'd like to give to uh, just to, just to honor him financially, and he's well deserving of it. Well deserving of it. Uh, you can mark uh, on an offering staff transition. You got to use those words. But everything that comes in marked staff transition will go uh, directly to uh, to Jordan. So that'll just be a way that we can honor him. But I want you to stay after for a few minutes. It's it's very important that we honor. The scriptures say you honor those to whom honor is due, and honor is due to you and to Jana and your family. Love you guys so very much. So we'll have a time of prayer over him at the very end and everything. It'll be really nice. And, and Jana, we're praying for you too because we know. We, we know who the strength is right behind the scene. You know, Jordan shows up and looks good. It's like, yeah, it's Jana. <laughs> but before I get into today's message, I want us to pray for just a moment. Um, man, we got, we got a hurricane coming up uh, to the Gulf, heading right up there in the northern Gulf Coast. We, we need to pray. I uh, need to pray for those who are living down that way, who are experiencing this right now. We also need to pray, continue to pray for Afghanistan. We need to pray for the Christians who are there. We need to pray for our military. We need to, uh, we need to pray for the Americans to be able to get out. Just so many things we need to pray for. I can't, it could be an exhaustive list if you were to actually go through it all, but I want us to pray right now. Can we, can we do that? Let's just, let's just pray. God, we come to you humbly, recognizing that you are the one who, who answers prayers and you hear us. And Lord, when we pray together in a spirit of unity, like we're doing right now, I, it, the word alludes to a potency, a strength that goes into our prayers. So in unity right now, we pray for the northern Gulf Coast. 
We pray as this hurricane comes in that this, that this will diminish, that it will diminish quickly. There will not be extensive flooding, and people's lives will be protected. God, protect homes, protect lives, God. I, I pray that, that you will rescue those who are even in desperate situations right now, and you'll, just, you'll provide for them. Put your angels around your people in Jesus' name. Second, Lord, I want to pray for Afghanistan. Uh, I, I, first of all, I just pray for our, uh, our military leaders, that they will be wise, our political leaders, that they will be wise, and they will, they will execute wise judgment. I pray for wise counsel to come around the president of the United States in Jesus' name. Also, I pray for, I pray for our servicemen and women who are there. Lord, as a, this week we experienced and saw such tragedy, I, I want to pray that, that you will, that you'll just wrap your arms of love around the families who have suffered loss this past week, and that you'll protect the minds and the emotions of our servicemen and women, that they will be able to execute their jobs uh, with protection. God, I, I ask that you'll just place angels around them, protect them in Jesus' name. Even as there's an elevated terror threat right now, uh, we, pray for, we pray for terror plots to be foiled and for the protection of our people. We, we also pray for the Americans who have, uh, who have been stranded in Afghanistan, who are not able to make it to the airport. God, I, pr- I pray for just uh, miraculous means and, and for you to protect them, for you to watch over them. And, and finally, I, I want to pray for my Christian brothers and sisters, my Christian family who's in Afghanistan. Lord, thousands upon thousands upon thousands have come to you over the past 20 years in Afghanistan, and the church had, has, has become very strong over there. And so, Lord, I, I pray for a miracle right now as the Christian church has fallen under immediate and horrible persecution, uh, persecution like we, we wouldn't ever begin to understand. We pray for your grace and your mercy and your blessing upon the Christians and upon those who have already been martyred for their faith. And I pray that, uh, that, that you will bless and that you, that, that, that you will watch over them, but that the church of Jesus Christ will be strong and even stronger in the days ahead. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Today's message title is God is our friend. God is our friend. Uh, this is the final message in my God Is series. Uh, next Sunday, I really want you to be with us. Next Sunday is Labor Day weekend, and I have a very timely message. I'm going to be sharing uh, what I believe to be a, a prophetic message regarding God's timetable. I'm not going to get into it much today, but, but there is a shift that will happen on September 8th of this year that happens on God's timetable. Time it's actually the calendar. Uh, it's the Hebrew calendar. And, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what this means and, and how we live our faith out uh, in times like this. So next Sunday, I'll be talking about that and, and challenging you to go deeper in your relationship with the Lord based upon that. And, uh, and so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to next Sunday. But today I'm wrapping up the series on God is. Now, now we've been going through these uh, traits, these character traits, I guess you could say, of God that was revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai. We've been going through those over the past several weeks. And, and today, I'm, as this, in this final message, I'm going to deviate from that just a little bit because I'm not talking about a character trait. I'm talking about just an identity, a relational identity. This was also revealed to Moses. 
Uh, the, the, the scriptures tell us that, that Moses uh, experienced this. Uh, the, in, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, a friend. So this talks about a deep level of intimacy that Moses had. He began to experience this after he had an understanding of the, of the character and the nature of God. So he, after he began to understand these aspects of God, he came down off the mountain and he established himself in the camp. And that's when God began to relate to him in a new way as a friend. And that, that's why I've saved this message till the end. Uh, but friendship with deity in that culture was very, very difficult to comprehend because people perceive deity extremely different than we may today. But, but even today, we struggle with the concept of God being our friend. Uh, several years ago, I, I preached on this topic at the church I was pastoring. This was oh, probably 16, 17 years ago. And, and I had a line of people at the end of the service just saying, I just don't think we should be just like friendly with God. I just don't think that's right. And, and, and I, I respected their opinion, but they're wrong. And, and I'm going to show you why. It doesn't matter. They're not here today. And so I'm not calling out any names. But they were, they were wrong. And I was nice to them. And I helped them. And we talked through it. And so we held some meetings in the church to help explain what this looks like. And, and I hope I don't have to do the meetings. I hope you'll just actually take the word of God and trust me today. Will you do that? All right. If I've ever led you wrong, you can call me on it. But I'm not leading you wrong here. Now, friendship, the, the, this trait of friendship, again, it was not original revealed to Moses. God, God gave him his character traits, but this, this friendship thing is, is something that's very, very real. Now, there's evidence that Adam and Eve experienced this as they walked in the cool of the day with God. And so there's, there's evidence of that in the, in the book of Genesis, although it doesn't really use the term friendship, but, uh, but, but we, we can see that the first person who actually had a friendship relationship with God, identified using the word friendship, was Abraham. Now, Abraham preceded Moses by several hundred years. And in fact, almost about 500 years. And, and, uh, and Abraham, he was, uh, you know, he's the great patriarch. And, and, and it says this in James chapter 2, verse 23. Look at this on the screens. It says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. God's friend, God's friend. Now, Abraham, he was on earth about 400 years after the great flood. So he's 400 years after of Noah, after Noah, and the population continued to expand. But there's, it's interesting because in the scriptures, there's no real revelation of God. It's, it's as if there's a quiet season for about 400 years. And the people had moved into a different form of religion. They, they, still, they still recognized what God had done through Noah and all of that, but things had begun to get twisted again. So what God did is God called Abraham out of the Sumerian culture. He called them, him out out of the current area of, of uh, southern Iraq and, and had him move to this new land. He says, I'm going to have you come to this new land where uh, I'm going to give it to you. I mean, I'm going to give it to you. So, but, but Abraham related to God and God related to Abraham as a friend. Now, I want you to look in your, in your Bibles in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter uh, 41, verse 8, because we're going to take a look at what, uh, how this is described by the prophet Isaiah, because it's powerful, it's potent. We're going to look at this twice today, but I want to break it down first of all. It says, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, okay, just, just so that we understand what we're talking about, Israel and Jacob are the same. 
Okay, that is the same name. But Israel speaks not just of, of the, the name where Jacob was renamed Israel, but it really speaks even of the entire nation, okay? So these are all the Israelites. These are all the Jewish people. But you Jewish people, in other words, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. You see that? So God is speaking to his people. It's real important. God is talking to all of his people. He said, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. In fact, you know, when we get saved, it's part of God calling us. God actually has spoken to us. God has called us. I said, you are my servant. That's what God says to his people. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. Isn't that nice? Now think about this. Friends choose each other. They're not forced. Have you ever tried to be in a forced friendship? It's like, you guys are going to be friends. I was told that by my parents sometimes. My mother, especially. I don't think my dad ever said that. But you're, you need to be friends with that person. I'm like, okay, hi, person. <laughs> I don't like you. You're not going to be friends. Because you can't be forced into friendship. It just doesn't work very well. But he says, I have chosen. You see, friends choose each other. Abraham chose God. God chose Abraham. Friendship there. Really important. So, do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Isn't that what friends do? Strengthen each other. You help each other. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's what God does. So look at this. We have God upholding you with your righteous right hand, and he's also strengthening you. He's, he's helping you. And I know some of you say, okay, that's nice. That's Abraham. That might be the Jewish people, but what about me? I'm this person living in Fort Worth, Texas in 2021. What does this have to do with me? I'm glad you asked that question because in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it makes this clear because, catch this, everything that we just read applies directly to you. Why? It's because it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So what was promised to Abraham and to Israel, to Jacob, is promised to you. See, the blessings of Abraham are for every single believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, in fact, it's kind of interesting because then later on, Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he even told his disciples at the Last Supper, right before he was to go to the cross, he said, hey guys, you are my friends. And in fact, then it's interesting, he even dropped something off of, of this definition or this, this, this information that was given to him, uh, to Abraham. He says, and I'm not even going to call you, I, I don't want to even call you servants anymore. You're not really even servants. You're my friends. So if you look back at that, at that promise that came to Abraham and God's people, one thing you can actually cut out is the servants because God doesn't want you to be like a slave. I know we say we're servants of God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all into that. But Jesus said, I don't want to call you a servant. I want to call you a friend. That's his primary, primary way he wants to identify with us. Is that not just, I want to say stinking amazing. It doesn't stink, but it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? So, and I want to look at that, that word friend meant. So when we look at the Hebrew language, when, uh, when Abraham was God's 
friend, when Moses spoke to God like a friend, there's a certain term that's used, and it's used about 85 times in the Old Testament, and it's, it's, it's just simply, the Hebrew term for friend is R-E-A. That has nothing to do with any business that you may know of that goes by that name, but it's Rhea, Rhea, which is very simple. It means intimate friend. That means someone you're really close with. It means companion. It means fellow. In fact, even from this, we get the term fellowship. If you prayed a prayer just a little bit ago and you invited Jesus Christ into your life, you are a friend of Jesus. (laughs) You may not know or feel or have experienced that intimacy yet, but I'm going to challenge you today to engage it. By the end of this service, it's been my prayer Really, for a couple months, as this message has been on my heart, it's my prayer that by the end of the service, you're going to feel the warmth of that friendship, and you'll engage in that friendship as well. I mean, what a friend we have in Jesus. Really, it's amazing. I I want you to think of your closest friend, your very closest friend. What makes that person a good friend. Maybe think of two or three people that are your closest friends. What makes them your closest friends? I found a, uh, some quotes the other day about what friendship means, and I, I looked through a lot of them, but I, I pulled out a couple that just like, you know what? This works. This, this is what a friend really is, and, and this is actually how God relates to us. I don't know who wrote these quotes, but I, they're not my own words, so I just wanted to share them with you. One is, is this, a real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Have you ever been through a dark valley and people walk out on you? Have you ever been through that? So you just walk out on your life when you're going through an intense time. Because a lot of times when things are going great for you and everything's happy and everything's good, you, you have all kinds of friends. But when things don't go so good, all of a sudden you're, you really find out who the legitimate friends are. And that's not Facebook friends, okay? Now, that person might be a friend on Facebook, but has, the, 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 the definition of Facebook friends is not correct. According to Facebook, I have, I don't know, somewhere near 4,000 friends. I'm sorry, I don't have that many. A real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Have you had that happen to you? Have you experienced that? I've experienced it several years ago. I was going through just a real dark time. It was a tough season, tough season. A lot of people that I felt were my friends, or they, they just literally dropped off the map. They, they were gone. They were gone. But there were a few people who were right there by my side, and they stuck with me. They, they a lot of times didn't even really have much to say to me about nothing. It's just like, well, you're my friend. I love you. I can call them up and I can say, I don't feel good today. I feel terrible. This isn't good. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. They didn't say, oh, things are going to be better tomorrow. Uh, no. Oh, well, trust God because in 49 days, everything's going to explode. No, they never said that. They were just there. They walked in when the rest of the world walked out. Have you guys had that? that? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Here, here's, another, here's another quote. Take a look at this. If my friend were to jump off a bridge, I wouldn't jump with him. I'd be at the bottom 
to catch him. I mean, how many of you have a friend like that? They're, they're, they're going to catch you. Do you have a friend like that? I say, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you actually, you do in Jesus. You do in Jesus. We have a friend in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. So what does friendship look like? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share with you a couple of little aspects of friendship, and then we're going we're to do an exercise together. It's going to be very different than what we typically do in here on a Sunday. But first of all, true friends, they engage. They're interactive with each other. True friends are honest with each other. In fact, you can take some of these principles and apply them to friendship relationships in your own life, and that's fine. I think that's good. But, uh, but true friends... They're honest with each other. They, they don't like tiptoe around each other, afraid like I've got to walk on eggshells around this person. Whenever you're walking on eggshells around a person, you, they might be someone you work with or someone in your family or someone that, that you even kind of enjoy being with or whatever. But, but that person isn't a really a friend. If you're always like, yeah, I've got to be careful what I say or what I do. It's going to get twisted. You see, you're not constantly worrying about what the other person is thinking. You're not constantly thinking, I bet they're thinking this, I bet they're thinking that. You don't have to worry about that because true friends, they just, they're just honest with each other. They communicate honestly and openly. They are real. And they tell you, you know, that's, that's kind of strange what you're doing there. Let me help you out here, whatever. Or, you got a problem? I, man, I'm, I'm here for you. Here, here's a good example. I was planning today to have lunch at Salsa Limon, which is my, one of my favorite downtown restaurants, this, because it's so easy, so easy. Just go stand in line, get it, and you don't have to sit at some fancy thing and, and pay $200 for a cup of soup. I mean, I just love it. But Salsa Limon is my fa- one of my favorite restaurants down here. If you've never been to it, it's in the tower. If you don't know what the tower is, then I don't know what's going on with you. Just, just look it up, just look it up. But, but there are four different kinds of salsa at Salsa Limon. Those of you who are Salsa Limon fanatics, you know what I'm talking about. Now, there is one, and they, they elevate in their, in their strength. And there's one particular salsa that I like. Now, it's not as good as the salsa I make at home. It's not. I, I have my homemade salsa based upon what my wife taught me to teach because she's Mexican and I'm not. But I, I, uh, I like this particular salsa, and it's an avocado jalapeno salsa. Any of y'all know what I'm talking about? It is, it is like the most godly salsa next to my own. I was going to invite everybody to go over there and have, but since my wife's not feeling well, I'm just going to go home and check on her afterwards. But let's say we're all there enjoying fellowship, having a good time, and I do the kind of things I typically do. You see, I have... I have this thing. I don't know why I wish I didn't have this thing, but I get food on me. I know you can say it's childish, or you can say that's just, I don't know why. I don't know why. Please understand, I keep extra shirts in my office, extra shirts in my car, extra, because sometimes I have to change a shirt two or three times a day. I don't like it, but let's say we're at Salsa Limon, and, and we're there, and, I, and, I, and I'm enjoying this avocado jalapeno salsa, and in doing so, I would do something like, which would be very common for me, just all over my shirt. Now, I don't eat like crazy, but it's, I don't know if these things happen to me. So let's say this, this, this happens to me, and we, we're just sitting there for 30, 45 minutes, talking and chatting, laughing, having a great time, and 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 
then we're about ready to go. And I run back into the little bathroom in the corner over at Salsa Limon. Some of you guys, you're following my every step because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Walk past the little drink machines. And, 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 and you go back in there, and then I look in the little mirror, and I'm realizing I've got avocado, jalapeno, salsa all over my shirt. And then I realized people kept looking at me funny, but nobody said anything. Now, if that were to be the case... I would question the depth of my relationship with the people. That's why I'm telling you this advance. So, so when we do go somewhere, you know, I, I get something on my face, you know, I, I eat some pie and get some whipped cream in my hair. You're going to tell me, all right? And you're going to tell other people. I would question the depth of my relationship with them because nobody said anything. Because true friends are simply honest with each other. And you know what? That's what we're supposed to be to Jesus, and that's what Jesus does for us. Another thing is a friend has your best interests at heart. They really do. I mean, if, if you're making a fool of yourself, a real friend is going to very kindly tell you, and they're not going to insult you in the process. They're going to tell you, and they're going to lift you up. They're going to encourage you. If you're doing something that is detrimental to yourself, of course, you would never do that. It's only other people. Wrong. Come on. Come on. <laughs> if you happen to be doing something that is detrimental to yourself, a true friend is going to say, hey, look, here's a red flag here. You're doing something that's detrimental to yourself or it may even be detrimental to someone else. A friend is going to say something. They're going to tell you because they have your best interest at heart. Several years ago, there was this anti-drunk driving campaign and it used this phrase, friends don't let friends what? Drive drunk. You guys have heard that? Most of you have heard that. That's, a, that's, that's something that's just been drilled into our head. But what it is, I, it's a nice little slogan. It's actually a pretty good slogan, but... It's a campaign that reminds people, keep your friend's best interests at heart. Well, I'm going to drive anyway. No, you're not. I'm going to take your keys. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. See, sometimes a friend will tell you something even that you don't like to hear, but friends will tell you because they have your best interests at heart. They don't want damage to you. They don't, they don't want your relationships to get messed up. But the best friend to have is Jesus. It is Jesus. And I'm going to ask you today, I'm going to challenge you today to go deeper in a friendship relationship with Jesus. Now, if Jesus had a motto like the Friends Don't Let Friends Drive Drunk campaign, I mean, maybe, maybe it would be like this. Friends don't let friends ruin their lives. Friends don't let friends go to hell. Friends are interested in the seemingly trivial things about each other. Friends tell friends their thoughts and their dreams and their desires. See, first of all, Jesus is a true friend because he lets us in on all of it. He's given us his word. He gives us continual revelation of who he is and what he's speaking to us. But he wants us to do the same to him. He wants us to just share all the stuff with him. He can handle it, even if you're mad, even if you've had a really rotten day or something's going really bad in your life, and you just need to haul off and tell somebody, but you know you're going to pay the price if you start telling everybody else. Well, you can tell Jesus because he's going to be your friend. He's going to stand with you, and he's going to give you revelation. You can get that steam off of you. And you can talk to the Lord. Now, I, I'll tell you, there's a word for this. It's a very common word. But we don't think of it this way a lot. And the word is actually called prayer. 
You know, prayer is simply conversing with God. It's talking with God. It's being vulnerable with God. So just like true friends are vulnerable to each other, Jesus, God is vulnerable to us because he's shown us his whole plan. He's given us everything. Jesus literally hung there naked on a cross. You want to talk about vulnerability. He did that for you. So we are also to be vulnerable back. That's, that's friendship. And, and there are a lot of reasons why people don't pray. Ah, too busy, whatever. But you actually, that's, that's quite impossible because if you get in your car, especially if, since you live here in the Metroplex and it takes you 20 minutes to drive anywhere at the minimum, you have time in that car to pray. Don't be, don't be don't, turn the radio off. You don't need to hear what those guys have to say. You don't have to listen to that, that, that little track. You can talk to God. Talk to him as a friend. But I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't pray the way we should is because we fail to see God as our friend. He just wants to hear what's on our heart. He just wants us to chat with him. He wants to hear what's frustrating you. He, uh, and he's not going to get angry at your conversation with him. The truth is we do forfeit a lot of peace in our lives. We also carry a lot of pain in our lives in an undue manner because we're not talking to Jesus. We're not letting him be our friend. We're not being a friend back to him. We're not engaging him as a friend, and I want you to. Now, I want us to look back at Isaiah chapter 41. And I want you to read, and this is, this is a theologically correct way of reading this, please understand this. I'm going to change just, I'm not changing anything, but I, I want to take the first part, and I want to say this. You are the offspring of Abraham. You are my friend. Just start right there because you already are. So look at this. My friend, <clears throat> he's saying this to you. I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corners. I've, I've called you. I said you're my servant. I've chosen you and I've not rejected you. So do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. I'm your God. I'm going to strengthen you and help you. I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. Those are words of a friend to you. Now, based upon that, what are you going to say back to him? There's a song called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It's an old song, older than anybody in this room. <laughs> It was written by the name of a, a man by the name of Joseph Scriven, I believe. Scriven, yeah. He was born in Ireland in 1820. So again, 200 years ago, the songwriter was born. In the story, oh, somewhere around the age of 25, he was engaged to his lover. And the day before they were to get married, she died in a drowning accident. He lost his fiancée. The wedding was canceled. It was over. Can you imagine the pain? Imagine the pain. He moved forward with his life, and something happened again. He found another, found another girl. He was going to marry her. Before they got married, she died of a serious illness. Bam, bam. After this, he, he never got married. What this caused him to do, though, this caused him to go very deep 
into his faith. It caused him to go deep into the word of God. It caused him to engage in some very deep relationships with other believers. In fact, he upped his game when it came to his walk with God. These two horrible events. A lot of times a horrible event is going to push a person away from God. But actually this pushed him closer to God. Let me just chat about that for a second. Bad events, when they happen in our lives and then we choose to distance ourselves from God or distance ourselves from believers or distance ourselves from the church, that typically is indicative of a wrong thought pattern that we have about God. It's basically this, is that God is my genie and everything should happen in my life is nice and good and fine. And if it doesn't happen that way, then I'm going to reject God. I'm going to reject the church. And, and, and God is not your genie. Okay, we, we talked about that last week, right? But the good thing is this guy was surrounded by some good theology and he got deeper in his faith. And he needed it because he was also dealing with some very difficult family relationships and some other problems. And life continued to move forward. But during this time, he developed what he calls a friendship relationship with God that, that carried him through the tragedies and the hardships of his life because a lot of bad things happened to him. In fact, it caused him to begin to love people in a different way. It said that he would, in his spare time, as a single man, he would go and chop wood for the stoves of the elderly or the weak or the impaired, the handicapped. And he would take care of them, making sure they had fuel for their stoves and their houses to stay warm. And based upon this friendship relationship with Jesus and his understanding of the true nature of God, he wrote this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. But I think what's interesting is he didn't write the song to be played on a great pipe organ of the day. He didn't write the song to be performed by a massive choir. He wrote the song as a gift to his mother, because his mother was walking through some really intense pain. His mother was hurting. And he said, you know what? I know about hurt, but I want to point her to the friend Jesus. I want to share with her what I've learned. And so he wrote this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And he sent it to his mother, gave it to her. In fact, his authorship of the song was not even discovered until just days before his death. He was dying, and a a friend of his was going through his writings and his songs and stumbled across this one, and it just jumped out at him. Like, this is an amazing song. Never heard it. We've never performed this. We've never sang this before. He goes, yeah, I just wrote this for my mom. He didn't care about the fame. He didn't care about the acclaim. And he didn't get any payback for that song. And the song speaks powerfully of the realities of what to do in a relationship with Jesus as a friend. It talks about telling Jesus what's on your mind. It talks about giving your stress and your fears and your weaknesses and and your struggles and your pain and your frustrations and your confusion and offering them to God in prayer. Now here in just a few minutes, we're going to listen to this song. And this is the different thing we're doing here because I... I just don't normally do this, but we're, gonna, we're actually just going to listen to the song. But while we listen to the song, we're going to practice something. We're, we're going to practice prayer in a written form. Uh, 
I'm going to ask ushers right now to begin passing out what looks like just a little white card. And I, I want every one of you guys to take one of these. Please take one, pass them down, and, uh, and just hold it for just a second. It's just like a, if you were to write a note or a letter to a friend, that's what you would be doing right here. You're just simply going to write a letter to your friend, Jesus, based upon what I just shared with you a minute ago. Now, there are a couple of questions that I want you to consider. You know, don't start writing yet. Just wait. Grab a pen from the little clip in front of you or wherever. And if for some reason we, these all get handed out and you're missed, lift your hand. Make sure the guys in production booth get it. Make sure people in the foyer get it. Here are two questions. What has he been talking to you about? And what do you need to talk with him about? Just leave that up there for a minute. Those are some questions to help you think about how to write this. Now, I know you guys are sitting close to other people, and, you're, and some of you say, well, someone's going to look at my paper and cheat. Actually, no, they're not going to cheat. <laughs> like, I'm going to take his prayer. That's much better than mine. No, you might want to share something that's, that's deeply personal. And the truth is, this is deeply personal. This is, this is between you and God. You don't have any business looking at someone else's paper. <laughs> but if you're concerned that someone will just write in code, you, you probably have little code words in your head of things. You know, you can kind of just write in code and talk to Jesus. You're not going to turn this into me because you're not praying to me. You're not talking to me. You're talking to your friend. You're writing a note to your friend, Jesus. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what you need done. And I'll go so far as to say, just unload on him. Because if he's a real friend, he can take it. You, you know how friends, you can unload on them and they'll just listen to you? Right? That's Jesus. Now, I, I also want to mention this. I know that today I'm going to talk to the online community for just a moment. I know today we've had, we're having trouble connecting our Facebook with, uh, with the stream. So we're not on, I don't believe we're on Facebook today. But we are on YouTube, and we are on the City Life app, and we are on the City Life uh, website. But Facebook and YouTube, when they hear music like this, they get really scared, and they sometimes drop the videos. Sometimes they delete them. Sometimes they mute them. We never know what they're going to do. We have already paid for license for all this stuff, but, some, but these organizations don't really care. They're going to do what they want to do. So I just want to explain to you that if all of a sudden you're watching online and it goes blank, sorry, that's them, not us. We paid our fees. But... We do have something, if you're on the City Life app or the City Life website, going directly, that is a direct feed, and it doesn't go through those services. And so we can broadcast this stuff, and they won't. So if you're watching on the app or on the website, you're going to be able to continue. If the screen goes dead in just a minute, sorry. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to just simply listen to the song. It's going to go for, I don't know, six or seven minutes. So you've got plenty of time. While the song is playing, just write your note to Jesus. And, and when you're done, just stay where you are. We're going to sing, close together. We're going to have a good prayer time at the end, but I want us to practice this right now. When you're finished, just put the note in your Bible, put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, uh, put it in your folder, wherever you want to put this, because it's between you and your best friend Jesus. But, but my prayer is that you're going to come back to this. You're going to see it again and again. Some of you, you're going to put this in a place where you're going to pat, come back to it five years, ten years from now, and you're going to see miracles happen. Miracles. Miracles. It's just, it just reminds me of something that happened about, 
About 18 years ago, I was doing the chapel at uh, North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was on their board of regents, and, and, uh, and I was leading their chapel, and I had them do a similar exercise, and they put it in their Bibles, and someone contacted me. He says, I've dug you up. I'm contacting you because what you had us write in chapel that day, I wrote these things out. It's all become true. God has worked a miracle. You may come back to it and see that. But understand, it's not me. It's God. It's God. He's listening. He cares. He cares. I want you guys to put on the song. And let's just take a prayer time with Jesus right now. Take it to Thank you. 
Take it to the Lord in the Savior is our refuge. Take your trouble to the Lord and pray. Do thy friends despise or forsake thee? give you a second to finish up your note. Man, I just like poured out everything on God just then. (laughs) I hope you did. I hope you are. He loves you and he's your friend. He can take it. He can take it. He can take it. Worship team, I want you guys to come join me on the platform. Are you guys ready to start engaging 
Jesus as your friend, will you be willing to do that? Will you leave here and, and just start doing that? What you just did, this practice of what you did, just did, didn't feel very religious, did it? It didn't feel, it just felt, hopefully just felt kind of normal. Hopefully just words flowed. He's wanting to relate to you this way every day. You don't have to write a note to him every day. You don't have to, you can, you can do what you want. I have a journaling technique where I, I do, part of my journaling is, is, I, is I journal talking to God. So my, my journal, my personal private journal that nobody sees <laughs> is me talking to God. Yeah, you don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to see yours either. But just, just talk to you. But you can do that, but, but also just learn to do this on a regular basis. Just get it out. Just talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. He wants to hear it. He wants to help. He wants to stand right beside you. What a friend we have in Jesus. Will you guys please stand with me all across the room? And before we sing the chorus of this song that we sang earlier, these graves in the gardens, I want to pray a prayer over you today that this will be a turning point in how you relate to God from this point forward in your walk with God. And, and, and you know what? If you haven't done it yet, write the date at the top of this letter. Because let this be a pivotal date for you. You're going to start relating to God in a different way. Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing over everyone who's watching online as well as those who are in this room right now. And I pray for the blessing of God to rest upon us in such a strong way that we feel the friendship of God. Help us to know we are friends of God and that you are there with us. You're there to walk us through stuff. You're there to hold us. You're there to lift us up. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you made yourself vulnerable to us on the cross so that we could have life and life eternal. And God, so we choose to be vulnerable and open with you, engaging in that life, engaging in your power. God, we want to walk out of here victorious and strong, not walking out of here alone, not walking out of here lonely, not walking out of here fearful, but knowing that we are best friends with the God of the universe who loves us so much. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.